Wright, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone once again for a solo interview episode uh, with travel and my exhaustion and insane sleep schedule. Didn't end up being able to meet up with John and Chuck this week. I'm sure we will uh, be able to find something next week to go over all the Vegas stuff and stuff that's been going on in the NBA with free agency, but uh, mainly watching Summer League and all that good stuff. So sorry uh, if you were expecting a full episode with John and Chuck. Uh, If you want to hear from Chuck, we just post his uh, vaguely edited Bonnaroo, Fear and Loathing in Bonnaroo audio diary, a, a solo podcast from Chuck, which is Highly upsetting and disturbing, uh, not recommended for the faint of heart. But we will have a full episode with John and Chuck next week. Also some more uh, stuff covering the prospects from NBA Summer League. Again, which I just got back from. My sleep schedule is very messed up. Uh, When I flew to Vegas, going from Central Time to Pacific Time and having... The few nights before leaving, falling asleep around 12, only to be woken up at like 4 with the baby, and then sometimes back asleep from like 6 to 7. It was a mess. So when I got to Vegas, I actually could barely walk uh, come midnight. Like The games end at 10.30, which is, you know, after midnight, 12.30 Central Time on my normal body clock. Uh, so I was, could barely stand uh, come midnight Vegas time the first couple nights. I knew I had to push through. I, I had to break the wall because I was there to hang out to see people. Uh, I finally broke through real late on Sunday night, hanging out with today's guest, Anthony Irwin, and some other writers. Uh, my buddy Adam Mares, who covers the Nuggets, a bunch of other Nuggets writers, and some guys who write for SB Nation. We were out in uh, to the wee hours in old Vegas playing blackjack pretty successfully. It was, it was not terrible. Uh, had a great time, and it's always fun to see these guys. That's, that's one of the best parts about Summer League is seeing people who you communicate with online throughout the year and getting to see them in person. It's kind of like summer camp for extreme NBA nerds, so it was fun seeing them, uh, fun seeing Anthony, uh, who covers the Lakers, who covers the hated Lakers, but uh, he's, he's such a he's a fun guy to be around, so uh, I don't hold that against him. But we talk a little bit here about the Lakers, who are actually playing right now against the Clippers in the Summer League Tournament. Uh, I assume they're going to win. That'll make everything we talked about more uh, applicable. But uh, they, they've been very strong. They're the number one overall seed in the 30-team tournament they set up. Oh, which, by the way, tonight, the 30-seed Sixers upset the three seed Suns, so uh, very exciting. That's a breaking seed by 27. Doesn't happen that frequently in tournaments. Uh, Big upset. Anyway, before we get to the interview, just a reminder, if you want to support the show, if you want to get access to Chuck's bonus solo podcast, you got to become a Patreon supporter. You do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Join that. You can get the bonus content for $3 a month. You can also get involved with the Slack chat where we talk about basketball and movies and tennis and whatever else around the clock. Also, you can submit your questions for the show for the croissant questionnaire. 
So if you've been listening for a while, you want to help us out, you want to get more content from us, the way to do that is patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. And a reminder, if you are buying tickets this summer for a live event, a concert, stand-up comedy, a sporting event, do it at SeatGeek and use the code FASTBREAKBREAK to get $20 off your first purchase. And to tell you more about SeatGeek, here's a special guest. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has never been easier thanks to SeatGeek. They've created an amazing app and website that makes ticket buying easier than it has ever been. They pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you never miss a deal. And more importantly, you aren't wasting time. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. You get to see the full ticket price from start to finish, and they never surprise you with big fees at the checkout page. Now, here's the best part about SeatGeek for all of you out there listening to the Fast Break Breakfast. My listeners who make their first SeatGeek purchase get a $20 rebate, and to get it, all you have to do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, then enter promo code FASTBREAKBREAK. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. It does not get any easier than that. So download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code FASTBREAKBREAK today. My guest today is sometimes called the chief blog boy of Silver Screen and Roll and is the host of Locked On Lakers, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, how are you? You know, just sitting here in my basement, enjoying life, thinking about LeBron. <laughs> in your basement? You are, you're in the SB Nation house, correct? Is that what we're calling from right now? I'm in Harrison's hotel room. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, last time I had you on, Anthony, you were on with Harrison. He's specifically not invited on this time, even though we can hear him in the background, and he's ruining this episode. <laughs> he's the worst. This is why I fired him from Lock on Lakers. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so go on. He's just sitting here just talking crap. But yeah, no, we, the, the SB Nation house, well, we're not allowed to call it the SB Nation house, but the house that a bunch of people from SB, yeah, the, a, oh, the yeah. house that a bunch of people from SB Nation was in was rented through this morning. And oh, I, I accidentally you. booked a trip for one day too long. So now I'm stuck here in Harrison's hotel room recording this, this podcast while he ruined said podcast. That's good. It's uh, last time he just ruined it by being on it. This time he's ruining it just by being <laughs> near it. Harrison is an enemy of the show now. I tried to see Harrison several times uh, in Las Vegas, but Harrison was always seated in like the very uh, impossible to reach media areas. And I would I would tweet at Harrison, be like, "Hey, where are you, buddy?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm sitting sitting baseline." And I'm like, "I can't get to you." And then eventually, I just started tweeting at him, coward coward and uh so we never we, ne- we never met up so harrison's not uh not not allowed on this episode uh anthony how how has your vegas trip been though uh have, did you have any good breakfast most importantly i did i had all right so this morning i went with the basic ham eggs and hash uh hash browns which is you know which is fine with a little cholula but i had this one breakfast or last weekend that was like you know strip steak a fried egg on some like green rice with 
the pickled vegetable, like jalapeno and carrot stuff. It was, it was delightful. That might be one of my favorite breakfasts of all time. That sounds great. That's a steak and eggs on our show. That's the best thing. So you, uh, you nailed the yeah, steak with, and eggs. Yeah, some bottomless mimosas. That was a, that was a good go to. Now you're talking. That's great. What uh, besides <laughs> breakfast? Uh, in your time in Vegas, you've been there like uh, five or six days or something. Uh, what's what's been your best highlight? This can be non basketball related. What's been your uh, what's been your favorite thing so far in Vegas? My favorite thing so far has been like every it just trips to the house. Just being able to just nerd out with with other bloggers, other blog boys, and and getting to meet and pe- meet people. But last night, the the Count the Dings guys had their like live show, um, which I accidentally showed up to way late. <laughs> but just being able to you know <laughs> talk to like Ethan and and Tom and and Zach and Dave Schilling was out there who. You know, we've we've been talking for a couple of years now, and it was just—it's nice to finally put faces to people. Yeah, that's definitely one of the the cool things about Vegas Summer League. I think I've talked about it some on my show. Is just you get to put you get to meet people, like you interact with a lot of people uh, on Twitter all the time, and then it's fun to actually be like, "Oh, who are you?" And when you introduce yourself, a lot of times this isn't for you, Anthony, because <laughs> your your Twitter handle is is your name. But uh, many of us uh-huh. are like, "Hey, I'm Keith. I, I fast break breakfast or fast break break." And like, "Oh, hey," or when yep. you talk to some people, they just give you a blank stare. That's fine too. But uh, yeah, that that is the fun part of Vegas. Did you have any uh, meaningful or entertaining uh, player interactions? Or did you see players doing anything funny and you don't have to narc them out by saying their actual names if maybe it was embarrassing? Uh, my favorite player mo- moment this this trip has been Zach Brandoff wa- wandering into the arena carrying, like, it was very obviously, it was one platter of, of chicken fingers, but it was very obvious that he bought, like, three or four of them and then just stacked <laughs> all of the chicken fingers onto the one onto the one platter that was that was and he walked in and he was wearing like a i don't know i don't i want to say i'm going to live the rest of my life thinking that he was wearing a zebo chain and sunglasses and he just like popped down and acted as if like nobody would notice but everybody in the in the section around him was either pointing towards like oh my god that zebo is like oh my god he's eating so much chicken <laughs> It was pretty great. And, and it's good to notice Zebo <laughs> was sitting somewhere where he was accessible to other people, unlike Harrison, who yeah. was hiding uh, down in this like secluded <laughs> like media area where no one could get close to him, like a coward would. Uh, yeah, I saw Zebo. I actually. He, he just said- <laughs> I actually wanted to uh, go see Zebo, but I had really, really good seats, uh, really close to the Grizzlies bench. It was during the Grizzlies Kings game when I saw Zebo was there, uh, and at that moment, I was sitting by myself with no one to save my seat. I didn't want to trust a stranger for the uh, <laughs> like the fifteen minutes it would take to walk up and go over to say, say hi to Zebo. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, so you cover the Lakers. The Lakers have had a really strong summer league team, a uh, building off of last year's championship where, uh, you guys had yeah. a certain, uh, I didn't think it was maybe befitting a franchise with 16 championships, but there was a summer league ring ceremony before one of the games. <laughs> I thought that was more like Sacramento Kings ish than Los Angeles Lakers, but, uh, they recognized Kuzma and Lonzo ball for their contributions to last year's title team. Uh, but the team has been pretty good this year, uh, led by Josh Hart. Why in the world is Josh Hart yes. still playing in summer league? You know what I really think it is? is he's like adamant about playing. Uh-huh. He is just, 
the idea of him not playing is not something that he's just, he's okay with. He, he will not stop. He will not not play while he's out there. And, and like, it was funny because they had him up in Sacramento and, and he wanted to play an extra game there. And, and I can't really blame him. Like why be in Sacramento if you aren't going to play a basketball game? What's fair. I can't really slander. It sounds like you're setting me up to slander Sacramento. I've actually never been there, so I, I, I can't follow through. I've driven, I've driven through a couple times just on the way to Tahoe, but, but yeah, like it, it's, you know, it's fine. But if you're going to be in Sacramento for a basketball game, you should probably play in the basketball game. Well, and especially if you also uh, have a Lakers jersey. Like if, if, if they've given you a jersey yeah. and you're in Sacramento, I guess you're right. You might as well play. It was funny too because he was, He's out here in Vegas. He's a millionaire. He's like a good looking dude. And he spent Friday night doing an AMI, AMA on, on Instagram or something like that. And it's like, what are you, Josh? <laughs> well, is, he's, he's taking care of business. He, he's still young in his career. I mean, is he a millionaire? I guess he made like a million bucks his salary last year. Because that, that, that was, you know, his rookie season. His second. Oh, I guess he was a first round pick. So, yeah. He, he, he banked a yeah. little more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's mm-hmm. been, he's been dominating for a Lakers team, which uh, weirdly ha- was only like a, a one point favorite in all of their games. Although it took me three games to finally bet them. Uh, we sh- we shared a bet there. Uh, uh, yep. you, t- you told me to pick yeah, up a, a, just for entertainment purposes, just for, no, no, I'm, no, a, no. I'm the most ethical person. Oh, right. I did. However, I texted you that morning. Is Josh Hart playing today? And you said, as far as I know, uh-huh. and I was like, beautiful, let's bet it. Uh, yep. And then he came through. It was a very entertaining <laughs> game. But anyway, Josh Hart has looked legitimate. He has been uh, scoring a ton of points. Um, you know, I think he's at 23 a game. He looked very in, in control of his game. His shot has looked great. How much of that do you think is going to translate into real basketball and being able to uh, be a big rotation piece or even just a, a regular rotation piece on the new LeBron James led Lakers. I think it'll all carry over. Honestly, like over the extent of his career, what I don't think he'll ever dominate games, obviously the way that he's dominating games out here because it's the NBA. But the one thing that I love with, with Josh Hart is his attitude and the way he approaches the game. And, and he was asked before he came out to Vegas, you know, what do you, what's your expectations here? What are you hoping to do? What are you hoping to prove? And he says, I want to dominate. And, and he, there was a follow-up and, and instead of saying, you know, no, I'm not really that focused on triple doubles or crazy scoring nights. I just want it to be very obvious every time I'm on the court that I am, that the Lakers are a lot better with me being out there. And I just thought for, for what he's hoping to be, what, what his best case scenario is like a high level role player that type of attitude, that type of approach to the game is freaking perfect. Is, uh, are, are there going to be enough minutes for both him and Lance Stevenson? I, honestly, by the end of the year, I think you're going to hear some, some murmuring about, should he actually be starting over KCP like that? Oh yeah. Lance to me, I think is very, I, I Lance to me, I think he gets squeezed out of the rotation over the course of the season. Maybe not initially because He's a veteran. He's a free agent signing culturally, locker room wise. That's not how that usually plays out. But I think Lance is very distantly the third best player in that rotation. I don't think it's close. If I were, if I was a team building, building, you know, trying to win games, I wouldn't have Lance out there hardly ever. Well, I mean, you also wouldn't have signed him if you were a team uh, looking to <laughs> build a winning uh, roster. Uh, good luck with that locker room, by the way, once Lance gets squeezed out of the lineup. I'm sure that'll go swimmingly. I mean, what with his proven track record? 
<laughs> yeah, I, if I was Luke Walton, I would have just started drinking as soon as that signing <laughs> happened and the, and the Rondo signing and all that, and then just not stopped. Which is essentially what I've done out here in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say, is there any is there any evidence that Luke Walton has not done that? Yeah, I mean, as far as far as I know, I may or may or may not have bumped into him at Cosmo. And, okay, and, you know, I, was, I'm not going. I'm not going to snitch. He was he wasn't stealing any any chips off off the off the table after the bet was already decided, was he? I don't know if you heard the news. <laughs> Charles Oakley uh, did that last night at the Cosmo. Uh, not great. Oh my gosh! No way. Yeah, I know sometimes oh. when you're in Vegas, you miss some of the news, but Charles Oakley was arrested uh, early this morning. Early, I, I, early Thursday morning, I believe, he was arrested at the Cosmopolitan for trying to pull a fast one by yanking a chip off the table after he'd already lost. In, in Charles Oakley's, in his defense, though, like I think he's gone through his entire life thinking nobody would ever call him on that. So he's in the setting and he does <laughs> that. He might have just forgotten where he was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Went up to, to the typical behavior. Didn't think anybody would call him out on it. And then, oh crap, I'm in Vegas. And they're way bigger than me. <laughs> That's right. I'm no longer. I'm no longer in Michael Jordan's guest house where I'm allowed to do this. Uh, the you yeah. you compared Josh Hart to Contavious Caldwell Pope, and I think the best descriptor of his play in Vegas is like an amazing KCP. Like he looks like an amazing KCP. Like he's hitting all his shots. Uh, he's defending. Yeah. He's just controlling the ball. He's playing that off guard. I- I'm excited. Uh, I- again, it's always curious how much of summer league domination can when the because sometimes the guys just get locked in. They get locked in for a week or two, and, and they're hitting everything. So w- seeing how that plays out is definitely an interesting aspect of the upcoming season as the Lakers try to integrate their young roster, you know, integrate these guys they've drafted over the last couple of years with, again, all these kind of questionable veterans and LeBron James. So are, are there other guys on this summer league team? Like, did you see enough from, from Mo Wagner? Is he, is he going to, uh, is he going to be able to contribute something this year? Matt, Mo Wagner, I don't really see it as much with Wagner as much as I do Steve McKaylick, just because of the way that Steve plays. And, I just got the key to Harrison's hotel room. This is this is a big moment. Oh, great! He's in so much trouble. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm paying for the premium. Uh, I'm making him pay for the premium. Wi-Fi. <laughs> just knock, just knock over all the all the water bottles off the uh, like the thing right to pay for them. Where they're like, oh, here's some Honestly, snacks and water for you. Move, you just have to move them for sixty if I seconds. Move everything in the room like three inches to the left. I think he would freak out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But you think so? So Wagner is not going to supplant <laughs> but, uh, a Zubac or anything. No, I don't think so. I think, I think the one thing about the Lakers front court is that the three guys in it all do very different things. Like Javale McGee is a rim runner, rebounder, shot, you know, rim protector kind of guy, just athletic, get up and down the court kind of guy who you can play with LeBron for short stretches when you when you when it calls for it. Zubats is more of like the plotting. If the game slows down, you want two points from from somebody. Uh, maybe you throw it down there for to him once every six trips down the court or something like that. And then Wagner steps out and is able to stretch the floor. Maybe maybe that translates over. The one thing that I've I've seen from him that I've been really impressed by is his ability to attack closeouts. And I think given if he is able to shoot the ball even decently well that ability to then also attack a closeout, especially a big closing out to him where you pull the big out from away from the basket. And if you go by the big, there's no other rim protection rim protector there like that. That's where I think he could, 
he could impact some games, but the guy who I've, I, you know, Spee has been on fire out here and, and it's reached a point where when he shoots the ball, you're surprised it doesn't go in. You, I can't, I don't, there aren't very many players, Steph, Clay, Ray Allen back in the day that were like that. I'm not saying obviously that he's on their level, but it, it's no, reached the point where when I, I he got, shoots I got it, my it sound, doesn't I, go in, you're like, wow. I, I got my soundbite there, Anthony. That, that's all I need. Spee, <laughs> Mihaluk, look, <laughs> Steph, Clay, Ray Allen. That's gonna be that's gonna be the place card for this show. That's that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, yeah he, he has looked really good again. He shot the ball really well. Is, is there anybody else on this roster that you think um, might get a training camp invite, or, or do the Lakers even have any open roster spots that they're looking to fill? Maybe with some of these guys from their summer league. They have they have fourteen guys on their roster right now, and you have to think that it's going to go to either a wing, another another wing. I I really like the idea of Luke Richard and Balamute there for a second, but he went to. Where did he wind up? I Clippers. Clippers. Your uh, arch rival. Yeah. So well, they they like to think so, but they I he would have made sense I thought for the Lakers just in terms of another wing defender. But they need they probably need like Channing Fry makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. Just he spreads the floor. He he kills Toronto. Um, that those are kind of the you know that's it makes a ton of sense there. I thought Brooke Lopez was going to make sense in that roster spot, but as I've heard over the last few days or so that the relationship between him and the Lakers was not very strong. He wasn't particularly happy with how last year went. So he is in Milwaukee now, which, you didn't, know, that, didn't you that, guys make him cry? I, I really like, wasn't he like crying at the end of a fourth quarter where we were, he didn't get back into the fourth quarter. He left the bench at one point. He went, I think he, you guys made Brolo cry. We, we, yeah, we broke Brooke. We we broke Lopez, but he's one they, of the few um, guys. He's one of the few guys in the NBA. I feel like I I could hang out with, and it would not be awkward. Yeah, you know, like he. Yeah, I feel, no, I feel like, like we'd hang out. He's and such a nerd. Yeah, he's a super nerd, and uh, and the Lakers made him uh-huh. cry. So that I, I feel like we could bond. We, we could bond <laughs> over that. You know, they've made all kinds of other fans cry. So right there, you go. They've. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm no, no, <laughs> that was a terrible, no, no, terrible one. No one likes them. It's fine. Uh, who are some <laughs> other? Uh, looking at beyond the Lakers, who are some of the top players that you've been most impressed by that you've gotten to see so far in summer league? Wendell Carter Jr. is legit. Yeah, he is. I I I love the way he plays. The other thing too, like in terms of tangibles. They're all there. He does everything that you need in an NBA from a big, but also in terms of attitude, like he's, he's, he's just, he's a badass. <laughs> he's just, he's just a really, he's really intense. He's really straight to the point. I remember one play, Alex Caruso went up to challenge him at the rim, <laughs> which is in and of itself an, an incredible sentence, but it went, as you would imagine, Wendell Carter Jr. sent him packing and then stared him down all the way down the court. And it's just, I think you need that attitude from a big, and, and you kind of compare that to DeAndre Ayton. And I I think Phoenix is going to wind up re- regretting their pick because Jaron Jackson Jr. is better. Wendell Carter Jr. is better. Uh, I, I, he's, he really, really floored me with how good he was. And then, like, second-year players, John Collins looked really good. Uh, uh OG Ananobi killed Dallas yesterday. That's really good to see. Oh no, Denver, Denver. He killed Denver, but he, uh, but he was, he looked really good. And, and obviously we talked about heart. Those just all you need to, you need to see from second year guys that it's very obvious. They, they're too good for those games. Yeah. 
Who's the most? Were there any players like any of the high name or the high draft picks that you were especially disappointed by, or you thought was kind of like that guy doesn't have it? I I wish I saw more from Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I, I wish. I I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance to still work out. Obviously, it's really really early on in this process for him. But but you just you I I don't know. I don't know that he's good enough to be built around the way that he has to be built around. Uh, I don't think you design a team around Marvin Bagley and, and, but you kind of sort of have to given his skill set. Um, and, and I don't know if he's, if that's necessarily going to work for winning basketball, but it's the Kings. And, and I think they can, they can try to make it work. But yeah, Bagley to me was the one that I wasn't And Trey young, Trey young kind of has his moments, but he's very obviously too small. He, he he's probably going to need a couple of years to just kind of catch up physically to the people that he's playing against. Uh, I thought he was just, if Frank Tilakina was, was, uh, was, was manhandling him, Colin Sexton was man, manhandling him. Trey Young needs to, needs to bulk up a little bit. I kind of, I'm still, I'm actually pretty in on Trey Young. I feel like, uh, I feel like yeah. he's good. I think, I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's actually going to contribute pretty well, uh, this year. Bagley, I saw, mm-hmm. I saw him in Utah on TV and I saw what, what a part of a game here. Yeah. He, he's like the only one. It actually, one of my main takeaways so far of this year's Vegas Summer League is, I didn't actually see a bunch of people who I was embarrassed by or I thought was was going to do poorly because like I remember last year even though I was mm-hmm. wrong like Laurie Markkinen I was like oh no he's he seemed terrible but he turned out to be great but actually I feel like I'm like mm-hmm. actually looking at the at the first round draft pick it's like all these guys seem pretty good like Miles Bridges, Shea Gilders Alexander, Mikael Bridges, Kevin Knox, Colin Sexton like they all seem fine. They all they all I don't think made any fan bases like get really upset. Maybe Kings fans with Bagley. Uh, and I think Hawks fans are concerned, but I I, I actually I'm like, uh, I, I think he might be okay. Well, the Hawks the Hawks don't need Trey Young to be good really good right right away. That's very true. Like yeah. they're better off if he, they're better off if he struggles a little bit, they get another high draft pick and then he figures out figures it out as he's surrounded by other young talent. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, finally, I guess how does your going back to the Lakers and like the uh, the varsity squad? How do mm-hmm. how are you spinning what the Lakers have done after they got LeBron James? Obviously, getting LeBron James was like the the big win, massive franchise changing moment again for you know the storied franchise of the Lakers, but. <laughs> I, I, I know Lakers fans love to put on their uh, whatever their purple and gold tinted glasses, and and this can give a positive spin. I think everyone outside the Lakers is being like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, there's, I don't understand how you could possibly argue it. One reason I like you, Anthony, is uh, you're always a straight shooter, and you don't like Kobe Bryant as much as the other uh, part of your your cult. <laughs> uh, so how how are, how are you spinning what the Lakers have done uh, after they acquired LeBron James? So the thinking is that the, the line that they're putting out there to everybody is that you, we've seen that you can't beat the Warriors at that game. So let's go in a different direction and try to beat them some, some other way. Right. But the problem with doing that though, is that you're, you're fighting math. Like it's just the, the Warriors aren't, they're great because they have individually talented players, but they have individually talented players that, that beats you mathematically. And, and this idea that the Lakers are just going to, you know, out grit, you know, Byron Scott sitting there with his arms crossed, uh, loving these moves, but that's not, I don't, I just don't think that's a, that's a feasible way to beat the Warriors. I also though think that they aren't, 
I think they recognize that. And I, I think they know that they aren't going to beat the Warriors in year one of this rebuild. And they did all of these deals are one-year deals. They can all be moved at the trade deadline. They expire at the end of the season. The one-year deal keeps pressure on the San Antonio Spurs because they can keep telling them, look, you either you either trade him to us for pennies on the dollar and you enjoy these pennies, or you lose him for nothing outright in the off season when he signs in LA anyway. And so in, in that book, that's the only sprint spin and, and gambling on the kids is the only spin, but it's, it's a huge gamble because they're only going to have LeBron potentially for two prime years. And maybe one of them is wasted this year. And that would be a, that would be a huge bummer. Yeah. I'm, I'm maintaining this is a sabbatical year for LeBron. Just gonna relax. Yeah. Take it easy. Maybe write a book. Maybe write a screenplay. <laughs> maybe travel some in, in May instead of playing basketball. Uh, yeah. What, do, what if he? What if he writes? What if he writes like a short story, like a short film, and wins an Oscar and has that over Kobe too? That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. He hires John Kobe Williams also. What if? What if NBA stars just? There's like an arms race in the Oscar animated short film category. <laughs> where where all these like independent artists who are like, you know, I, I had a Kickstarter to raise forty thousand dollars so I could produce this five minute feature, and it's all these NBA guys who have like a budget of twenty million dollars who like I I also made a cartoon. Yeah, good luck. Imagine imagine John <laughs> like John Williams could never have imagined this might happen, but like all of a sudden LeBron is calling. <laughs> right, he's like I've scored Benson Kobe and LeBron. This is <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Um, I, I would, what, what trade, uh, would you, or what would you be prepared to give up if you could seal a Kawhi trade today? Which pieces are you, are you willing to sacrifice? I'd say Kuzma. Yeah, I hate to do it because I think Hart is going to be a really good, I, I giving up Kuzma. I think he's a tad overrated at this point. Sure. But I would, I would. I would, I'd say Kuzma, I'd hate to do it because I think he's really good heart and two first rounders. And, and you, you take that. I don't think the, I don't think the Lakers should have Brandon Ingram on the table anymore. The Spurs, the Spurs are, are just sitting here waiting for team USA camp so that, that pop and Kawhi can get together without uncle Dennis involved. And I, I just think if you're the Lakers, they've, they've called all the bluffs to this point. I don't see how that would be one that, you know, one step too far. I think you keep on slow playing this and, and, and you keep, you try to get him for as little as possible, not just because that's just good business, but also because like you have to try to beat the Warriors and they have made every single right move along the way. And if your only chance of beating the Warriors to is to also make every right move along the way. Yeah, so uh, you're not going to do that, but uh, good luck. Good luck trying. You know, at least uh, maybe. No, I, I, I mean, I, I also think like if you're San Antonio, you don't take a trade that that doesn't net you Brandon Ingram. Yeah, you know, I, I so that's the stalemate that they're at, and uh, maybe Team USA camp changes that, and they get a little bit of leverage back, and the Lakers put Ingram on the on the table. But based on everything that we're hearing, the Lakers really like Ingram. Uh, despite not being a Magic Johnson selection, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I until until Markel Fultz is on the table from Philadelphia, or Jalen Brown is on the on the table from from Boston, or or some other 
secret team, the Sacramento Kings convince themselves that they can get in on this Kawhi sweepstakes and keep him there. I just, I think it's the smart business decision as as tough tough as it would be to, again, like we talked about, just kind of use this year as a sabbatical for LeBron. But if you can just sign Kawhi into your, into your cap space, and then next year, Luol Deng becomes an expiring contract that you could probably just trade into another team's cap space when there's more cap space, cap space available. I think that's the best way forward for the Lakers right now. I could, uh, I could take uh, the Grizzlies. I think could take Dang and Hart for uh, expiring Jamichael Green, expiring Ben McLemore, and your choice of Jarrell Martin or Deontay Davis. I think that I think that might work. In my head, I feel like that's really close salary wise. So I mean, just got to give me yeah, Josh Hart. It, you know, right. Jamichael Green to be good for you this year. <laughs> I'm just saying he's a good player. I, I'd hate to give him up. Get in early on Josh Hart. I don't know. Josh Hart would be so popular in Memphis. Oh yeah, they would love Josh Hart. We would. Uh, we'd, we'd hate to lose minutes given to our summer league stud Wayne Selden. I think Josh Hart is uh, is a hair a hair above him, uh, and I would I would <laughs> I, I, I would get over it. Um, well, Anthony, thanks for uh, t- taking time on your quote unquote vacation slash work trip uh, from Vegas to come on the podcast. Did you did you happen to lose any Twitter followers today in the Great Twitter Purge? I don't know if you knew about this, but uh, Twitter's been uh, scrubbing Wait. bot accounts today. Oh man, I'm I'm down to a thousand followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you lost actually most <laughs> of your. Uh, yeah, most of the Irwin army is yeah, I'm not strangely missing. Anymore. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose. I didn't lose one follower. I believe I should be verified for that. I, I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy. I kind of thought there was some porn bots yeah, hiding in there, dude. Yeah, very honest, very straightforward, <laughs> straight shooter. Kurt Rambis is just in everybody's. It, Kurt Rambis is just in everybody's mentions at all times. Yeah. All right, uh, Anthony, tell people where they can uh, read your stuff and follow you. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. You can find Locked On Lakers at Locked On Lakers. You can silver screen and roll with, I think it's like Lakers SBN. Uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. It's usually, if people are angry on, on Twitter, it, it usually has something to do with something that I said. Yeah, you're the, you're the root cause of, of most of the arguments. <laughs> all right, Anthony, thanks a bunch. Uh, safe travels tomorrow. Enjoy your last day in Vegas. Thanks for having me, man. Until next year. Yeah, until next year. All right, thanks once again to Anthony for coming on the show. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Very reasonable Lakers fan. Funny guy. Uh, If you want to support our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Get access to exclusive bonus content when you do that. We will be signing up with our fantasy basketball leagues coming up kind of soon. It's already time to start thinking about it. So uh, if you want to join us there, if you want to get involved with the listener league this year, you got to be a Patreon supporter. Also, if you're buying a ticket this summer, SeatGeek, use our code FASTBREAKBREAK on the SeatGeek app and get $20 off your first purchase. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at FASTBREAKBREAK. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fab break, break, man. You understand? Okay. Your bio is empty on Twitter. Silver screen. Do what?
What's my oh? Well, I'm, Harrison is right here, so I'm like chief blog boy. Chief blog boy at Silver Screen and Roll. Chief blog. This is great. Actually, if Harrison could just fire in uh, over your shoulder while we talk, that's that would be ideal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I refuse to go on any podcast with Harrison. Good. Tell him he's a coward. You begged me to be on your podcast twice last week. Tell him he's a coward right now. You're a coward. He didn't come find me. He's just like taking pictures of me from the arena, like across, and just like, oh look, I see you. He's a coward. How many? You're a coward. Ask Harrison how many times I'm supposed to ask where are you at before he can just maybe come over where I am in public area where people can get to me. Is this recording right now? Could you like hear me in the background? No, I don't. I don't know if he can't. But no, he was asking how many times he has to ask you where you at before you actually. You I'm know, where he could see me. He was taking photos of me. What is yeah, it? Does different. he want me to lean over the railing and say, "Hey, buddy, we touch my hand"? Yeah. You want him to risk being caught by a security guard? Just jump the line. Nobody's gonna stop you. Yeah, I, I couldn't even like, carry a bag like, inside they, the they arena. Like, they'd acquiesce to like three of his. Yeah, team. he couldn't even carry a bag inside the arena. They took my laptop. Whoa, 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 sir, sir, please, like step over that line. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they took his laptop and everything. Like they, you. <laughs> this is all I can. I can hear Harrison right now. This is great. This is all going on the internet. <laughs> 